0: And good morning to everyone in southeast Louisiana. It is Play by Play coming to you live here on this. I don't know what day of the week it is Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, there we go. Thursday. Casey just here with Coach Brian Kale. I know that it's Thursday. Well, I didn't know it was Thursday, but now I know it's Thursday because tomorrow we don't have a show. And the reason why we don't have a show is because um, we're going to be in the Superdome watching, hopefully, one of our buddies win the state championship. We'll be uh, out there supporting Cecilia. Uh, Are we allowed to say that we're supporting Cecilia? Uh, You know, I don't want to ruffle any feathers in the Opelousas community. We're supposed to be unbiased, but yeah, we're supporting Cecilia. Well, look, a
1: former Tarpon. Yes, we're supporting a former Tarpon. We uh,
0: and we, look, we are also su- supporting St. James, and hopefully they'll bring home the championship, too. So we'll be out there enjoying ourselves at the Superdome. We'll be back Saturday. And look, I intend to be back Friday uh, afternoon slash evening. I would go to HL Bourgeois, assuming that the traffic is able to allow you to get to HL Bourgeois, because, man, I'm trying to figure out what to do about that today with the marsh fires and everything. Uh um,
1: are open again. uh, But when they're going to close back, who knows?
0: I was stuck in that on Monday um, going to Terrebonne. I was told that the Berg Bridge was closed, so to go through 90, and I was stuck in that. Dude, it is not a good feeling when you're driving and you can't see anything. (laughs) Uh, um, (laughs) Yeah. So, so, yeah, um, please be careful if you're in that area, and hopefully they could get those things under control. We got Andrew Kaiway joining us at 11:45 to promote his tournament. We have got Brody Williams joining us at noon to talk about his basketball team. They're off. Um they're off for the next several days. Um they played Monday and are off for the rest of the week. But we we'll asked him about some things they're trying to do to get better. At 12:15 we've got Mr. Stan Grabois for our Terrebonne General Thursday interview with Stan There's some things that we want to chat with Stan about. uh, College football playoff, the Heisman Trophy, um, of course, high school stuff. I want to ask Stan about their Hall of Fame because I am a voter in their Hall of Fame. I sent in my ballot today. I was pulling my hair out. So many great choices. Um, Man, they've got so many great athletes that they could choose from over the next several years.
1: How that works, real quick. You, uh, You could vote for so many
0: yeah uh so the way it works is you have to be extremely good looking to be able to vote um so you know check we fit the criteria there um you have to be one of the the upper percentile like top one or two percentile in iq which we fit the criteria there um should i keep on
1: uh, you have to be a liar. <laughs> <laughs> we we fit it Check. there.
0: <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, they they send you a list of like 20, 25 names. They explain why those people are under consideration, and then you vote for like five or six of them or whatever it may gotcha. be. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, I, I sent in my ballot today. Uh, so we look forward to chatting with Stan at 1215 about that, amongst other things. We've got a short scoreboard today, not a whole lot of action, but the teams are getting ready for the weekend, and then we've got some uh, housekeeping to take care of. On the boys' basketball side, yesterday Central Lafouche was supposed to play the Crescent City game, got canceled. Destrehan is struggling. Destrehan is winless on the season. They lost to 6 to a Northeast yesterday at the East Ascension Tournament, 59-49, to Here's the thing I know about Destrahan, and you coached for a long time. Um, sometimes Destrahan has a tendency to start the year pretty slow. Something tells me by January, February, they're not going to be struggling anymore. Uh, so you better beat them now. Northeast gets a 10-point win there, but it looks like Destrahan is struggling to start the year. Something tells me that's not going to continue for much longer.
1: Yeah, I was kind of looking at the schedule and the teams they lost to some were good teams some of them
0: yesterday was a little puzzling
1: yeah uh, and looking at their schedule that they play in the rest of the week in that tournament that they end I believe at east ascension tells yeah, me that some yeah east ascension tournament uh it's not going to get easier for them
0: some tells me there's some pretty good basketball teams out there and we got some context clues that would indicate that'd be the case because east ascension defeated east st john yesterday 61 to 56 a good win for east ascension on the boys' basketball side of things, Lutcher gets a four-point win over Lafayette Renaissance Charter Academy. So there's a win for our local boys' 4A district. It's been a struggle. They get a four-point win over a 2A school. Morgan City played Berwick. I don't have a score. Do you have a score, sir?
1: Oh, not yet, but I'll... Uh,
0: we'll try to get one. Check. Donaldsonville got a 48-34 to 34 win over Livonia. That's in our local 3A district. Good win for Donaldsonville. These are boys' basketball scores. And that wraps up the boys' basketball scoreboard. So we shift to the girls, where it was it was also very light. Teams again preparing for the weekend. East Saint John got a 49 to 37 win over South Lafouche. The Lady Tarpons couldn't win a second consecutive game. The Wildcats take care of business, defend their home floor, and beat the Lady Tarpons for a second straight day. Uh, East Saint John ain't no shame losing to them. They're eight and two on the season. And I got to say, uh, you never want to lose, right? And, and losing stinks at all times. But last year, Lady Tarpons played teams like this. They would lose by 30, 35, 40 points. Not competitive. This year, the Lady Tarpons are competing favorably and are having chances in games like this. Shows the program's growth. Ain't no shame losing to an 8-2 East St. John team. No doubt. Uh, let's see. Terrebonne, a game I was at. Uh, the South Terrebonne gets a 39-36 to 36 win over Terrebonne. Um, gets a road victory over Tarbone Congratulations to them. They surpassed last season's win total. Now, look, they only won one last year. They have now won two. Um, but the Gators are improving. And I'll tell you this. The Gators got some kids who can make some shots. They are better. They're not going to just win two games. They're going to make some improvements. Kudos to them. Look, let's be honest. Tarbone is kind of behind the eight ball. They're now 0-7. They're not one of the better teams in the area. But South Terrebonne last year won one game and it gotten blown out in just about every other. They now have two wins. They're playing hard. They go on the road. They get a win. I'm so happy for those kids. They're tasting some success. Good on them. Great job last night getting a win.
1: Yeah. Very good. Yep. I was looking up scores. I couldn't find the Morgan City game.
0: Uh, McDonough, 35, defeats West St. John in girls' basketball action 41-11. So, Let's talk about something and then we'll get to our first commercial break. We get to Andrew Kywet. Yesterday we talked about a situation with the South Lafouche high school game with Thibodeau on the girls side. Uh we said in our segment that um we said some pointed things, right? But we also clarified that we didn't know the full story. Well, we have gotten some information on what the full story is. So Brian Collie, fill us in. What do you know?
1: Yeah, look, uh we got clarification where uh the uh, administration and all they had a plan in place they knew in advance that the uh trainer would not be there and they had a plan mm-hmm. uh this uh coaches were notified and they even practiced uh before uh Gazier was telling me they uh you got to practice like emergency plans and mm-hmm. stuff and they they practiced uh things like that and they did have a plan in place and kind of jumped the gun you know um I'm new to this media stuff, and uh, I think I may have jumped the gun a little bit. And uh, the trainer knew he was going to be out. He took care of his business. He did what he had to do before he left. And, uh, you know, I want to apologize to the trainer because we made it sound like that uh, he wasn't planned. uh, He didn't plan prior to the event, which Mm -hmm. he did. And we mentioned before that we didn't know if they had a plan in place and they did. Yeah. So, uh, you know, our uh, apologies if it was taken out of, I don't know if context is the, the word for it, but if a uh, uh, misunderstanding and, uh, but they definitely knew what was going on. They had a plan in place to take care of situations. If it, did uh arise.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Look, we, we stick our neck out there and say things and whenever there's new information that comes to light, you know, we gotta be fair and we gotta make sure that we uh we've put that information out there. So if we offended anybody, you know, our apologies. Um and, and I'm glad for the clarification because the thing that I always say is um when only one side speaks, it can't be both sides. Uh, able to be heard. So I'm glad that they were able to give us that extra information that we needed so that we could kind of close that chapter a little bit.
1: Yeah. We had good conversations with uh, Miss Ann Robert, assistant principal, Justin Goucher the AD. And, you know, they assured us that plans were, were there and uh, they're doing their, their job. And uh, it just, again, kind of jumped the gun, I think a little bit. We had a false start.
0: False start. Five yard penalty.
1: Yeah. Well, probably 15-yard, I guess. Well, look, man,
0: and at the end of the day, it, 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 was, it was terrible luck that on the night where they're doing some things different that they have a severe injury. How often in a game does a severe injury occur? It's just bad luck that it just so happened to occur on that night. And I have an update from Ashley, by the way, who told me, and she, she said that I could say this on the air, um, Taylor Thomas, the young lady, has a dislocated elbow um, but she's in good spirits and she is doing better. And for Taylor Thomas and the family and the entire Thibodeau High School family, we're uh, praying for Taylor. Hope that she recovers well. And just an unfortunate situation always around.
1: Yeah. And again, our apologies. Uh, we talked about you know people doing better. We're gonna do better sure. on our end to uh, make sure things like this doesn't happen. Before we'll get the entire story. But bottom line is they had a plan in place in, in case things happen. So uh, we'll move on from here.
0: Yep. Yeah, let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Andrew. Andrew Kayouette. Uh, They are going to be hosting a tournament this weekend. Three really, really good games today. Three really good games all three days. But let me tell you the first uh, set of games. Over at Bourgeois today at 5 o'clock, Patterson will be taking on Terrebonne. That's going to be really good. 6.30, the season debut of Central Catholic of Morgan City. They're taking on Central Lafouche. And at 8 o'clock, Ellender will be taking on the host Bourgeois Braves. That's the Gene Simmons Memorial Basketball Tournament. If we could figure out a way to get to gray, (laughs) we'll Are you going? uh, Yeah, today I I do intend to go. I intend to go tomorrow as well. Yeah, you Uh, saw the
1: parking lot, huh? What's that? What's in the parking lot? What's in the parking lot? A truck. Oh, (laughs) yes,
0: yes. Uh, Yeah, my man Brian Colley got his uh, vehicle situation squared away, so we're super excited about that. And we're super excited to talk to Andrew in the next segment. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. While inventory is
2: growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000, Chevy, Find New Roads.
3: 3- 11 in Homa. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll
0: discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top of the line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships, along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackage. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street,
4: fight and I will
0: try Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey just here with Coach Brian Kiley. We go to the phone lines and we have Andrew Coyouette on the line. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are we doing today? Coach Coyouette, we got you. Hello, hello. Coach Coyouette, do you hear us? Hmm. Andrew, Andrew, are you there? Well, we might have to hang up with Coach Kiowit. Don't know that the phone lines are working. Let's try that again. Truck, if you are still listening in the studio, we might need some help getting the phone lines situated here. We're going to try to get Andrew Kiowit on. We had him on the line, but for whatever reason, he wasn't able to hear us. Um, They are playing their home tournament. It is the Gene Simmons Memorial Basketball Tournament. Uh, three really good games today, as we said in the last segment. Patterson versus Terrebonne, Central Catholic versus Central Lafouche, and Ellender versus HL Bourgeois. I cannot wait to see Central Catholic play. I know they're going to be really good, but it was talking to Coach Case. Right out of the gate, man, you're a 1A school. You're facing three straight 5A schools. you got to take on Central Lafourche, uh, HL Bourgeois, and then Terrebonne, so that'll be a rough draw. Always interested in watching Central Lafouche. Uh, so, it'll be fun to see the Gene Simmons Memorial Basketball Tournament from December 7th through 9th over at the reservation. Let's try one more time our second fall start of the show. Let's see if we got Andrew. <laughs> coach Kiowa, good morning. How we doing? Coach? I'm still don't have I, – I know he's there, but I just heard him cough. Andrew, do you hear us? Coach, 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 good morning, sir. Do you hear us? Nope, don't
5: hear Coach Kiwi. Uh Coach Truth back there. I'm, on, a, no, no, I'm no. on the radio right
0: now. Well, we don't hear go. him talking, but he doesn't hear us for whatever reason. I think I know why. Oh, of Coach Kiwet, good morning. How are we doing today?
5: Hey, man. Sorry, I gave y'all some problems, apparently.
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. it was a problem on our end. We didn't have the right buttons pushed down. Now we got you. We got it squared away. Uh, we were just promoting okay. your tournament, man. Uh, you guys are going to be playing basketball there for the next three days. It is the Gene Simmons Memorial Basketball Tournament. Uh, tell us about the schedule, man. I see a lot of really juicy matchups. Should be some good basketball over at the reservation.
5: Yeah, I kind of shrunk the tournament a little bit. Honestly, it, it's so hard to make any money now. Um, we got to make like eleven $1, hundred forty dollars a night to break even, and you know between security and officials, and you can't play the game on either one of those. So, you know you're not complaining about it; just a fact. Uh, so I decided to shrink it to six teams, and I think we got some outstanding matchups. Um, ourselves, Central Lafouche, and Terrebonne in the same district. So we're just playing a round-robin schedule, and the three of us will play Ellender, Central Catholic, and uh, Patterson. So I think it's some outstanding games.
0: Andrew, you came on with us last week, and you told us, you said, man, um, we're playing hard, we're playing a tough schedule, I think we're playing well. But then you also added, you said, hey, look, losing closed games is not good enough. we got to start winning, and that right. you have. You guys got the win over Dutchtown, went over Santa Mon, beat Patterson earlier this week. You guys have started to flip that script a little bit. You got to be awfully proud.
5: Yeah, uh, the only thing it never ends because now I got three starters out with the flu. Oh man! So so you just never know. But you know, next man up mentality, and thank goodness we have a you know a a decent amount of depth, and uh, we'll play with a Charlotte bench tonight. And I've been telling the kids for a couple of days, just uh, you know, you're playing with a Charlotte bench, you're going to get opportunities. Step up and. Make sure that I think I need to keep playing you, and uh, you know. So, so hopefully that's what they do.
0: You played Ellen there in the opener. I was I was blessed with the opportunity to be there. Um, you guys put it on a pretty good seventy to forty three. But you know that was a game that was close until the middle stages of the third quarter when you pulled away. How do you make sure that the kids aren't looking past an opponent that you guys have already beat earlier this year?
5: Yeah, and that's tough to do with kids. But you know that um, that. The uh, the thing is with kids, that's very very tough to do, and we were only up three at halftime in that game, and ended up winning handily. Uh, Ellender, I, I told Carnell, he's a lot like we were last year. The difference is they are longer and more athletic than we were, but he's playing a bunch of freshmen, a bunch of sophomores. So I think I think Ellender is going to be very good down the road, and. It might be might be this year. It might be leading into next year. But they're going to be good, and Cornell does a great job with them with his system. So I mean they'll they'll be fine. Um, you know, I just the first the first note in my in my scouting report says that the longer you let them play with you, the more they're going to believe. And I think that's a big key for us trying to trying to jump out early if we can and and leave them in the rearview mirror. Uh, because of having, you know, i still got about eight or nine I can play, but uh, we're going to play probably more zone than we usually play just to try and conserve, especially with the three days in a row.
0: Yeah, look, man, that was the next question I was going to ask is, you know, tournament play, it's difficult. You're playing a bunch of games in a short amount of time. You guys played four games last weekend over at Santa Monica, so you're used to that. But with a little bit of a shorter bench, you kind of answered it a minute ago with the zone question. Are there some things you guys are going to do differently to kind of preserve your legs throughout the three days?
5: Yeah, I think that's the main thing is, is uh, you know, playing, playing more zone than we usually do. And, and we've been talking about it as a coaching staff. We feel like we got to play a little more zone. I think we're a very good defensive team, but I think we're, we're susceptible to some things happening against us in man. Uh, I find we're we're very, very good on-ball defense, but we're not near as good off-ball defense and rotations and stuff. So maybe playing a little more zone can teach you those concepts because the way we teach our zones is basically with man-to-man principles in them. So I think that'll help. And I think the other thing is, you know, when I got a chance, to rest uh, Chris Coleman or David Green or somebody like that, then I got to take the opportunity and I got to rest them. Um, you know, we 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 talked about it already. You know, it, it's it's unchallengeable. Chris has to come out the first, the la- the last minute of the first and third quarter. Get that get that break in between quarters, and if we're good enough, keep them out for the minute of the second or fourth quarter. And if we can do that, I think, you know, that's only four minutes in a game, but that four minutes surrounded by a a quarter break means an awful lot. And, you know, and he's our main ball handler. I think one of our our best secondary ball handlers out with the flu. And I think the two freshmen that we got really handle the ball really, really well, and they're coming along fast. So – they really have no choice. They're going to be my secondary ball handlers this weekend.
0: There you go. Talk about the. Uh, you know, you guys do such a great job putting on the event, and you said you got some great matchups. And I know, you know, you guys are going to have a, a hospitality room and taking care of everybody. But at the end of the weekend, that's that's a taxing thing, man, because you got to win three games. You also got to make sure everybody else is happy. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into this.
5: Oh, uh, if I wasn't a basketball coach. I'd probably be at my house right now because I'm like my kids are. I think I'm sick as a dog, uh, so I don't shake my hand this afternoon. <laughs> me, give me a bump. There you go. Uh, but but a, you know, a basketball coach, I refuse to give in to that, and uh, I, I'm dragging. But but you know, it is what it is. And you know, the good news is we get off month, we get off Sunday, and then we got to travel to you guys in in ninth grade. And on Monday, and then we got a game on Tuesday at Westgate. So it just never stops. It's always and, – and, look, I want my kids to play. And, uh, unfortunately, for the younger kids, especially with only one gym still, you don't get a lot of practice time with them. So so we play about 15, 18 freshman games. We play about 20, 22 uh, JV games. So I'm of the belief that you have to play. And I think if you play, you get better. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's long been a philosophy of mine, and I think it's, it's vital for these young kids.
1: Coach, talk about the play of your team in a Santa Monica tournament, tournament. Uh, four games in four days, and you had a, a day or two rest, and you had to play again on, on Monday. I watched that Santa Monica game. game. Uh, just talk about uh, in that Santa Monica game. You had a lead. Uh, They came back, took the lead, but your team never gave up and ended up winning at the end.
5: You know, and I think, Brian, I think that's a great question because I think it's something that I talked to definitely my staff. I don't remember I talked to the kids. But, you know, we were up in the second quarter. I mean, we scored, I want to say it was 14 out of 17 possessions in the second quarter, and we probably had like three or four kills in that quarter. Uh, so, I mean, we just, we just dominated the second quarter and then they came back a little bit, you know, probably cut five or seven points off going into halftime. And, uh, they just, they came out and they, they were smoking and, and you know, that on the other end, what happens is when you, when you're that far up and you got to exert that much energy to come back, I think it kind of wore them out. And, uh, but, but I'm going to tell you in the last couple of years, we wouldn't have recovered from that. And we would have had a lead. We would have given it up and we'd have, you know, hit the wall and and that'd have been it. And so, I mean, look, you don't like giving up a lead like that. But, you know, as they say, everything happens for a reason. I think that was a vital point in our growth that, uh, that we gave up a big, huge lead. And look, I never, and I told the kids this, I never saw panic out of them and that's a that's a vital thing and and then we come back at two o'clock the next afternoon and we have no legs so i mean you know and that taught me a lesson uh you know i gotta try and conserve as much as i can this week their legs uh so i mean we barely practiced we had no practice on monday we had a jv game um no, we had a varsity game. Then we, then we had a JV game, so we didn't even practice. We had a shoot-around on Tuesday, and we had about an hour walkthrough. We did a, a little bit of something yesterday, but we were done by 3.30. So, uh, so I mean, I think, I think that taught me some lessons about saving legs. Now, now I need to try and save as much legs in-game as what I can.
1: Yeah, and in the Santa Mike game, you have to be proud of your team, especially at the end. I know you preach a lot of defense. Uh, I think defense won that game for y'all at the end. Y'all made some uh, critical steals at the end, turned it into easy layups.
5: You know, I'm gonna tell you, Brian, and I've I've never been blessed to have this. And I'm not saying our normal starting five is the the greatest defensive team ever, but every kid we've got gives effort on defense. And uh, we started starting one of the freshmen who's a defensive specialist, and I think that's, ra- that's ramped up stuff for us. And um, I-, I just – you know, you always preach defense, you preach defense, and, and these kids have bought into that. And, uh, you know, we got guys who aren't doing anything for us on offense, but they're playing defense and rebounding and blocking shots. So, I mean, that, that gets you through your dry spells.
0: Coach, uh, you guys have a very critical stretch of games coming up. The rest of your December is going to be very intense. You guys are playing the three games this weekend. Got a matchup with Westgate, who's probably going to be pretty solid matchup with Vanderbilt. We know what they bring to the table. Matchup with Jesuit. Lots of opportunities to secure a lot of power points in the next couple of weeks, man. It's a big old stretch for your team, is it not?
5: Right, right, right. And, and look, I believe, I believe you have in in Brian Williams who helps society say coach you you always schedule tough but it just lined up this year we've got an ungodly tough schedule and you know I I've always believed that if you're good enough to get through murderer's row it's going to help you in the playoffs there's nothing can happen in the playoffs that we will not have seen in the, in the regular season and and look if you Look at when we were four and four, and we were the ninth ranked team in the state. I mean you know it, it's obvious we play in people at that time. Three of the teams that we had lost to were undefeated, and one of the teams was six and two so you know and you you basically you get the twenty five points and then the then the then the um uh, then the formula. For when you win and you don't get the twenty-five points plus the formula. When you lose, so so that just tells you if we could have lucked up and, and beaten uh, Zachary at Denham Springs, something like that, you know, it, it would have been really, really nice. So so you're right. I mean, we if if we can, you know, that Westgate, um, uh, uh, Vanderbilt and Jesuit, I you know, you want to win them all, and, and I look at you know Westgate as a must-win for us. And I think, you know, if we can even split Vanderbilt and Jesuit, that would be huge for us. And if we win them all, I mean, we'll we'll bolt up the PowerPoints right there.
0: There you go, brother. Hey, thanks so much for the time, man. Look forward to seeing you. I'm not going <laughs> to shake your hand. We'll do the fist bump today, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. Yep, that's Coach Kiwet. They're going to have a great event out there, some really, really good matchups. Um they should be heavily favored against Allen, but, man, you coaching, it's always something, bro. Like, you think you got it rolling. You won four games in a row heading into a weekend tournament. Poof, three of you guys are out with the flu. It's always something, man. It, you, nothing could ever be just smooth sailing. It's always something.
1: Yeah, because, look, when you look back at it, this tournament they will end at Santa Montt, that's a big tournament for the Braves to win, what, three out of four. That was huge for them. They beat some good basketball teams. You know, beating Santa Mon on their home floor is huge. And you come back and, you know, you travel to Patterson and win a tight game there, Uh, then flu bug hits you. You think you're rolling right now, your last little stretch this next uh, couple of weeks before you get in a district plate and you get hit with the flu bug. So, uh, yeah, they're going to have to try and uh, win a couple of games in this tournament and and get ready for that stretch of Westgate, Vanderbilt, Jesuit, Terrebonne. Oh, my goodness. Then you yeah. get into district all, play. All on
0: the road, by the way. Wow. Um, he mentioned the Santa Mon game, and, and we're up against a break. Brody, if you're listening, we're coming. Um, the Santa Mon game was a huge one, but he mentioned, hey, 24 hours later the very next day we didn't have any legs, but they gutted one out against Brod- Broadmoor. Broadmoor's 1-8. You can't lose to a team that is 1-8. So the v- way that they were able to just find a way there – that's a huge win for the Bourgeois Braves, who are six and four. They're going to try to win three straight this weekend, get to nine and four, and they've started to turn some, turn some things around, turn some heads. They're playing some good ball.
1: And look, the next after oh, Westgate, Westgate didn't didn't play yet, so you don't know how many games they're going to play in their season.
0: Well, there, there's no athletes at Westgate, so no worries.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> you don't have to worry about that one. We're kidding, of course. Let's catch a break when we get back. Coach Brody Williams will be joining us. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Play by Play. We thank Andrew Kayeweth for his time in the last segment. We go to the phone lines one more time, and we have South LaFouche boys basketball coach, Coach Brody Williams. Brody, sorry we missed you yesterday. How are we doing today, bro? Doing good, Casey.
6: How are you doing?
0: Good, man. Uh, had one game this week. It did not go the way that you guys hoped. You go and play Jesuit. And, look, no sugar, coating it. They put it on you pretty good, 66-21. to I know that you um, – are not happy with the result, but Jesuits also a really good team. Watching it back on film, what were some things you liked? What were some things you didn't like?
6: I thought we uh started the game off pretty well and we were playing physical and tough and weren't backing down. They they just out, they just outscored us and out executed. They they were bigger than us. They kill you killed us on the boards a little bit and um and I was proud of our effort, especially in the beginning, but I thought second half we kinda slowed down. I wouldn't say we gave up. Uh, that was one thing, you know, we talked about it at half, we we're kinda of down big. I was like, I don't want to see anybody give up. But uh we just struggle with the score, And you know, we, we, we can't we're not making outside shots and or making we're not making enough outside shots and we're struggling to score inside and and, and one thing we used to get a lot of points from is from the foul line. We that rule was kinda of, we're starting to see the effect of that rule kind of for us is we're not getting as many foul shots as we have in the past. So uh that's something we need to we need to improve on as a team, and uh, me as me and the coaching staff need to work with the team. We need to get better at scoring, and uh, you know keep keep you know keep hitting that pounding that rock out, and 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 you know know that we're gonna have some rough games. We you know we're young, we inexperienced, but uh, just learn from it and keep moving forward, and and just play the game and, and play together, and hopefully we can get some wins on the road.
0: You know, you talked about the offensive struggles and and it has been. You guys have only scored 40 or more points once. That was the game that you guys won against South Terrebonne. Um A, how do you get better at that? Is it an execution problem? What was the issue? And then B is some of it is that, you know, maybe you guys could maybe use your defense to create some offense, like how do you guys start to put some more points on the board?
6: Yeah, we uh, you know, we've been stressing we want to push the ball, get the ball to the floor and transition. Uh I think at times we do that, but we, uh, you know, we, we don't stay with it. We don't commit to it for uh, for a whole time. We kind of let the defense kind of catch their way when we should be taking the win out of their sails and, and keep pushing it. But in order to do that, we, you know, we've got to get a little more in shape. We're still kind of in that football shape a little bit. Um, you know, we're getting better each and every day, but uh, we're still not where we need to be in terms of our, uh,
5: you know, our, our endurance.
6: And <clears throat> on defense, we we could start try, trying to create turnovers. I mean, we we do that already. We try to put ball pressure a lot more than we have, you know, in the past, and try to create some deflections and some steals. Um, with, with the personnel we got, I'll I be honest. I'll be lying to you if I say I feel confident pressing. You know, I don't I don't feel like we we we've never been a very good pressing team or our half court trapping team. Um, so we're gonna just keep working. What we do, we might play some more. Uh, so you know you might see us play in some more zone later in the year and you know, trapping a little bit out the zone, make people shoot and and secure some more rebounds. But um, you know the first couple games, uh, we we definitely losing the rebounding battle and we're losing the uh, the, the turnover battle I and mean, we're struggling to score. So that's definitely uh, got to change moving forward.
0: Man, um, against Thibodeau the second time, you guys lost by two thirty four to thirty two. And you guys were missing so many easy shots in the lane, and I say easy shots—they're contested. They're not easy shots, but it's shots that, as you guys grow, you'd like to start making. And there was one point in the game where you guys have a little curl, and it's a right-handed layup, and the kid just misses. And I looked over, and man, like you punched the chair—you were frustrated. That's got to be a frustrating thing. You guys are getting good shots, just aren't scoring, man. Like, do you it's just a matter of more reps, more experience? Like, what's causing that?
6: I think it's some some nervousness. Yeah, like they. Um, I think sometimes when you don't have that experience, you think you know, you get a little nervous. They they, they long, they are athletic. You think the shot's going to get blocked, or you just maybe not hadn't got as many reps as as you know a senior would have or or a junior would have, and um, you know that's on us as coaches. We got to get them the reps and practice. And, um, you know, and we talk about that, and they, they know, you know, they take responsibility. That's one thing good about this group. I think they – a lot of the kids on the team, they take responsibility. And they want to do good. They want to impress each other and the coaches, and they, they play extremely hard. I can't really complain about our effort at all. Um, I think we, we're doing a lot of good things. It's just, you know, we got to work out them kings. We've got to find a lineup that – um, meshes well together as well. You know, find a, camp, a group of five that, that has good chemistry with each other. and So that that's why every game, you know, starting lineup is kind of different. It changes. You know, we had some injuries too a little bit, some people banged up. But, um, I mean, almost every game has been a different starting lineup. Just trying to find that group that catches a spark together. And in that typical game, actually, we had a group that I just kept riding and um, kept kept some guys in there that weren't starting earlier in the year and they played most of the game because they were just catching, you know, a groove with each other in the, uh, in the typical game. So that's just things we're trying to find in practice. We mix up teams, you know. We, have, we usually have three teams, a skin, a blue, and a white, and we mix it up. If somebody's doing something, you know, we try to put them on this team or, do, you know, put a shooter on this team, put a guy that's smart on this team, put a defender on this team, and we've just been mixing it up and seeing who meshes well together. And um, that's just one of the challenges of having, a, you know, a young team. So that's something we were looking at and uh hopefully we could find that right match and, and move forward.
1: Coach, you play Jesuit on a Monday. Uh your next game is not till the following Tuesday, about a seven day uh break. Uh was that by you play five games to start the season, then you get a seven day break. Was that by design or is just uh scheduling was uh, pretty tough to get uh teams to play?
6: No, that was uh partially by design because um, one, we wanted to see where we would be at after. You know, where are we going to be two and two or two and three? Are we going to be three and two? Are we going to be four and one, five and oh? You know, we uh, just kind of seen where we're at. And it's that point in the season where, you know, you can either fold or you can or you can get better. And, you know, uh, I know it's early in the season, but you learn a lot about yourself, especially in that time. And in the, the times right after that tough game like that, and you know you got a bunch of practices coming up, so um, you know we we practicing hard this week, and we've been uh, getting a lot of shots up, a lot of scrimmaging, and playing you know some physical drills like rebounding league and stuff like that, where people are uh, you know diving on the floor and playing physical. So we don't have a game anytime soon. I mean in seven days. So but we're gonna let them rest a little bit over the weekend, give them a Friday off, uh, let them just. Let their bodies heal a little bit. And then we'll uh, we'll come back on Sunday, start uh, game planning for Central Lafouche And on uh, Monday, get a lot of shots up, again, go over the game plan, and then hopefully our bodies and our mind will be ready for Central Lafouche.
0: Sounds like a winner, Brody. Thanks so much for the time, buddy. Good luck against Central Lafouche next week, man.
6: Appreciate it, Casey. Thank you.
0: Yep. This Coach Brody Williams. Uh, they're going to need some good luck against Central Lafouche. They're going to come in. They're going to be in your face. They're going to play hard. But I really believe at home, if the Tarpons could get off to a strong start, they remind me so much this year of Thibodeau last year. Thibodeau had a hard time scoring. They would fight. They would compete. They'd give you everything they got. Just couldn't put the ball in. Uh, And that ability to score is probably why they lost both of the games to Thibodeau. You're scoring 33 and 32 points. You're playing good enough defense to win. They've got to figure out how to get some easy ones. Because right now, everything that they're getting offensively, they're having to work super hard for. I don't know if it's going to be set plays, quick hitters, baseline out of bounds, getting to the foul line. They got to figure out a way to make the offense easier because right now they're not getting anything for free. They're having to work super hard for everything they could get.
1: Yeah, they got some streaky shooters that if they get hot, they can they can score from the outside. But you know, you want to push the ball, but if you're having trouble finishing at the rim, uh, it almost it's like a, a turnover. But uh, this team here, look, and I said it before, they're young. Let's see how they progress throughout the season and if they improve from day one to the end of the season. Uh, and you don't want to see it built for next year because this year is still a, a lot of time left. But as they, if they keep improving, this team's going to win some basketball games in the near future. And look at the schedule. The next four games uh, are at home. Uh, Central Lafouche, Destrahan, Terrebonne than than uh, a non-district game. So if they can get a couple of wins in that span, they'll be right back at it.
0: Yep, so we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Before we go, and Stan, we're, we're coming in just a second. Interesting news from uh, Louisiana, um, I guess, college football. Trevor Etienne, the Florida star running back, has just announced, I'm in the transfer portal. So you got a dude who was the leading rusher for Florida who is now in the transfer portal, and here's a stat for you, which is the reason why I think Florida keeping Billy Napier is a mistake because, oh, man, he's recruiting well. Listen to this. In his first recruiting class in Florida, he had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 kids in his first recruiting class in Florida. Ten of them are currently in the transfer portal. Wow. Half of his first recruiting class is in the transfer.
1: Okay, how that works. If you enter the portal, can you always stay at the school you're at now?
0: If they keep a spot for you, yeah, you could always go back. Um, but oh, a lot but of times they fill that spot.
1: Yeah, so if you tell a coach, I'm in the portal, bye.
0: We're going to get another running back. And when you're knocking on the door and saying, hey, I'm ready to come back, they might not have a, a job for you anymore. Wow. I mean, I wouldn't think that would happen to Travis Etienne. I mean, he's a difference-making player, but in theory, that does happen to some people. They put themselves out there, "Hey, I want to be part of the auction. Give me some money." And does not get it and try to go back to their school and, well, job's been filled.
1: Cool. Where he where is he going to end up?
0: So, dun,
1: dun, dun, nah. oh. did you see Florida the uh potential defensive line coach some people are putting out there?
0: I, I, oh, Bebe? Yeah. Oh, I got I got a good Florida joke. And again, Stan, we're coming in just a second. I, s- salute to a young man, and I'm going to have to find this on Twitter. I'm going to find it, though. Salute to a young man. Napier visited a school in Louisiana uh, earlier this week, and a young man went up to him and oh, took, yeah. got a picture <laughs> he with him, and this is what he had to say. He smiled LSU 50 on you. <laughs> Smile if LSU dropped 50 on you. Cheese. <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh. Sorry, LSU's giving out L's even on high school campuses. Let's catch a break when we get back. Stan Gravov will be joining us. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> 3T Oil Change is an efficient, quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines. Brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South Lafourche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons."
2: Hey, are you planning to get an updated COVID-19 vaccine?
4: Yep. I don't want to get seriously sick and miss out on spending time with friends and family during the holidays.
2: Um, does it cost a lot? I don't have insurance.
4: If you don't have health insurance or if your insurance doesn't cover an updated COVID-19 vaccine, you can get one for free with the Bridge Access program. Just look for places that participate in Bridge Access on vaccines.gov.
2: Sounds good. Bridge Access on vaccines.gov.
4: A message from CDC.
2: Hello friends and family, Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called dofriend Easy Buy? Come see us at DofriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have 8 convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience
3: the Friend difference. Your business is as unique as Southeast Louisiana. People, culture, family. We know what it means to be local. Rev is the only communications provider with support teams that live and work in the same Louisiana communities that we serve. Customer-first localism is truly in our DNA. Our promise is to bring your business the reliability and local support you deserve. We've been connecting communities in Louisiana for 85 years and we're ready to serve you and your business. Rev Business.
2: Wrestling has more than one royal family.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play. Casey just got Coach Brian Kale. We've been running a little bit off schedule usually we do this at twelve fifteen. it's a little past 12 15 we've got our terrible general thursday interview with one mr stan gravo stan good afternoon buddy how are we doing today
7: i am doing well hope you guys are doing well also
0: we are man look i was telling brian earlier in the show and i didn't give out any names or tell any secrets but uh let's talk about the athletic hall of fame you guys are going to release some new inductees here in the coming weeks Boy, this, of the years that I've been on the voting panel, this was the hardest decision because I feel like everybody that was nominated was deserving. You told us about two years ago, man, at some point there's the concern, are we going to run out of people? Yeah, you're not going to run out of people, man. That ballot was loaded. Thanks again for allowing me to vote, and you guys are in good hands going forward. Some of the names on that list were awfully doggone impressive.
7: Yeah, it's tough, man, because, you know, as the ballots are all coming in and it all wraps up this weekend when we – you know, kind of get those final six that are going to be inducted, you feel bad for, like, number seven, eight, nine, kind like of you, like you're feeling like you feel for Florida State. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, it's tough because this has been the closest ever. There was, and you know this as your ballot was coming in, uh, there were, like, two or three that could have got on this thing, and it was pretty much, And I hate to put this big spotlight on, say, Casey Disclare, but it was on Casey Disclare, right, to to, uh, make that vote. And it makes a difference for sure. And uh, I will say this. Obviously, the others on there that are very close to getting in are going to be in in the future years, in the next couple of years. But you also keep adding those people, right, because it's only a matter of time before you have – Termon from Williams from Assumption High School yep. and Jordan Mills from Assumption High School and Elijah McGuire from, you know, Vanderbilt Catholic. So you keep on sort of adding people in there, too, and then you wonder what's going to happen to some of those who were close but maybe just didn't get in. So uh, it's it's a uh, it truly, when you hear the cliche of it's a labor of love, it is a labor of love. And when it gets to be its difficultest, like when it's really tough to put it together— Sometimes I sit and wonder why, but that doesn't last for very long because uh, when it's all said and done and you can see that these people's lives and the legacy that they've sort of left behind is going to be carried on, it's all worth it.
0: So got a question that's a little bit of a different question. Obviously, you know, you work with the athletic trainers at Terrebonne General, and one of the things that Andrew came on and told us, he said, look, we're healthy, but we've got three four kids out with the flu Is there anything that you and the team do there? Obviously, the most important thing is kind of getting those kids into isolation. Are you guys checking some of those symptoms? Because, man, Brian and I were saying, if it's not one thing, it's another. And we got these teams that have these rashes of flu. Is there anything you guys could do to to help whenever those situations take place?
7: Uh, Not really, because truly you have gotten to the point, especially with COVID a couple of years ago, where you come full circle. You watched everything so closely during the COVID period where you were checking temperatures and you were doing everything so closely that we've sort of come full circle to, well, if you don't feel good, don't play. You've got an attitude. I hate to put it in that you know those terms, but it, it, it has come to that where, you know, you have to be careful. You have to understand the difference between uh, what's something that's going to spread and make it worse in the future for the rest of the kids who are on the team. So yeah, and listen, we're we're in that we're in that period right now. It's not a COVID thing. It's a, it's a flu thing. It's a, what's the difference between a head cold that you just fight through, right, and the flu? And that's that's where we get into right now. And I think you're going to see in basketball and in soccer probably the next month a lot of teams that are going to be a little short-handed with kids that are not going to be playing, and it can make a difference. Uh, in the old days, it didn't matter because you were getting ready for district, and you know. But now with PowerPoint rankings, obviously every game matters. So, the, yeah, the short answer is is you don't monitor it closely with a you know going with a thermometer and making sure that there's this and that going on, but you do keep an eye because you don't want the rest of the team to uh, have that same problem, and then all of a sudden you you're really in a bind later on,
0: buddy. Um... Let's talk about the transfer portal. You and I took from the inception of it a wait and see approach. We're going to see how it goes between FBS, FCS, Division One and Division uh, Division Two and Division Three. There are more than four thousand players in the portal right now. Travis Etienne of Florida is the latest to enter the portal. We've got several game-changing, difference-making quarterbacks, Ohio State's quarterbacks in the portal. Um, Washington State, Cam Ward. I mean, there's dudes up and down. It feels like. This is becoming um, an auction every year. Players are going to just throw their name out there, say, "Hey, I'm 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 for sale." Um, don't know that that's the best for college athletics going forward, but it's certainly here, and the coaches are going to have to adapt and evolve because this is not anything like what it used to be, where you got thousands of players around the NCAA, and not just backups, not just you know guys they're looking to start somewhere, like star players who are throwing their name out there, saying, "Hey, come buy me."
7: Listen, I agree. I I don't think the value of signing a kid out of high school anymore is, like, newsworthy. I I don't know. I I hate to say that. And you have all of these guys that that's their livelihoods are built around, you know, following collegiate athletes, especially football, who are going to be signing to play on the next level. That's great, but I, I don't think it's that newsworthy because I think the guys who are going to be starring for you are going to come from the portal. Are they going to be transfers? Not even necessarily from the portal, and there's a little difference there between. You don't always have to be a portal guy to be a transfer. That being said, you know, when you sit around and you look at your last Heisman Trophy winners, they're all guys who didn't even start at the university that they wanted for. So, uh, and Jane Daniels, I think, will be the next example of that. So, I think it's probably more important than signing a kid out of high school. I did try this which you and Brian may get a chuckle out of this, I tried to get on the portal this week. I thought, like, the public could get on the portal, right? So I'm, like, going down the rabbit hole on Google, trying to get on the portal, trying to see just exactly who. Because the fact is, is that once you find out when you try and go down that rabbit hole that you cannot, unless you're a coach at a university and you have to have special codes, it's kind of like working with Huddle and things like that that it is still sort of private. So when you just mention how many people are in the portal, you know the number, but we don't even know the tip of the iceberg of the names, to be quite honest with you. I mean, obviously, ATN, you said, you know, he's going to be thrown out there because he was a superstar with uh, Florida and, you know, he's a Louisiana kid. But there are so many others that are going to be in there or that are in there that we don't even know right now. So, uh, it's it, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, obviously, it's not going to get any less. I think it will get more. I had an interesting question just that you guys will love this. So, Zach Hill is now the principal at Evergreen Junior High,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
7: you know, a Junior High here in, in Terrebonne Parish. And I asked him this question because that coach at Central Lafourche with uh, Coach Kale and with Keith Nord. And I said, is it a deal where all of this is funneling down even to the middle and junior high level? And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, how kids act, what they think. He And then he listened. He was stating, it's not uncommon to walk by a junior high kid who's like, yeah, well, you know, if I don't get the ball or if I'm not doing this, I'm going to take my talent somewhere else. Brother. Can you imagine that at a junior high level, a kid walking around thinking that, hey, I could just go to school B if I don't like it at school A. And you know what? It's sad to say a lot of them are probably getting away with it with no questions asked.
0: You know what's crazy? And, look, we talk about the big headline guys, Cam Ward, Tan, you know, the quarterback at Ohio State. I was told by a very reliable source, heck, one of the members of the team, Nichols volleyball has like six or seven kids in the portal right now. It hits everything. Uh, Coach Schilling lost a golfer to the portal. Um, one of his better golfers, uh, Koontz. Like it affects every sport, every situation, every school, every level. It's it's com- like we used to use the term during COVID: new normal. This is the new normal, my friend. This is what we're going to have to deal with at every school and in every sport.
7: I would hope that everybody would also. I'm not even sure what the term is, give the benefit of the doubt to the situation. That's the best way I could say it. For example, if, if there were some kids who left, say, Nichols' football program, we know that Tim Rebo is a good football coach, and I feel like there's a lot of people who would say, oh, it must be something wrong with the program, or somebody leaves LSU, must be something wrong with the program. When you sit and consider all of the reasons that a kid goes into the portal It's mind-boggling. It could be as simple as they don't like the thermodynamics teacher and they want to get a degree in engineering. (laughs) It could be as simple as their girlfriend broke up with them and she goes to that school and they don't want to be at that school because their girlfriend broke up with them. So there's so many things. Now, you know, Texas A&M loses their coach and you got a lot of people who are sitting there going, well, I came here thinking I was playing for that guy. That's why I'm leaving. So I, I would hope that everybody would understand everybody's case is sort of unique. And uh, listen, and I'm on board with all of those people who are like, I just don't like it because it makes me feel like, you know, if you didn't get the chance to start or you weren't a starter, you're kind of spilt milk and you're not going to work harder and you're not going to, I get that point of it. But there's, I guess, just a lot of reasons that go into it before, you know, uh, the final decisions are made. It, it, it's going to be real interesting. But, yes, I have come to the conclusion that kids you're, you're no longer going to develop a kid. The kid's going to have to get developed on their own, and they're going to just be plucked out of the portal. I want to see what the ultimate record is going to be of a college football or whatever sport player and how many schools they could go through in their collegiate career.
0: That's unbelievable. Look, the New Orleans Saints are a five-point favorite at home against Carolina. Um, A good team would be favored by more than five against Carolina, so Vegas is telling you loud and proud they don't think the Saints are very good. Derek Carr practiced yesterday on a limited basis. He's questionable for Sunday. Stan, um, I could ask you your thoughts on the Saints, but we do that every week. None, None of us think the Saints are very good. We think they're extremely inconsistent. But let's talk about this Derek Carr thing. Two concussions in four weeks. If he gets a third and five, that's like we're getting to some dangerous territory here. Brian and I have been saying all week, why wouldn't you just let Winston have a turn for one game, let Carr get some rest? Because man, like you start dealing with the brain and repeat injuries, and like that could get really bad. I'm I was very interested to see yesterday that Carr's at least trying to give it a go on Sunday.
7: I'd be curious to see what his contract says about how much he plays or what the deal is with all of that. Uh, The other thing is, is you know he sort of gets hurt on Sunday and by Wednesday he's back at practice, and there's a lot of people who are at the practices who don't even notice that he was injured, you know, because he's running around. and it's, So I, I don't know the severity of some of the injuries that he has. So that's sort of one thing. Because, yeah, I agree with you guys. Jameis Winston probably should have pay, played this week if if it's serious enough, especially with the NFL trying to take care of concussions, that it could further damage him, you know, for the rest of his life. The Saints as a whole, I just don't, I don't know. You know, you asked me a long time ago, If I thought that was it worth it to get into the playoffs limping or just not get in at all and get a better draft choice, well, this game sort of epitomizes the whole thing where you're sitting there going, is it even worth it to win this game? Now, I don't think they're going to go in and tank, but as a fan, I have the right to kind of hope that maybe, you know, you get a better draft choice, so maybe you kind of hope they lose? I don't know, and right now that's sort of where I'm at. But I will say this. Can they lose this game? Because if you lose this game, man, you talk about next week is going to be fun. It's going to be fun to turn on your radio and listen to talk (laughs) radio from the New Orleans area. It's just going to be fun because it's going to be crazy. And we noticed yesterday that Loomis is starting to get a little hot under the collar with fans and things like that. So, uh, You win the game, I think it's status quo. We're going to get what we're going to get every week, and it'll continue on. Or they lose this game, and maybe some changes have to be made, and you possibly get a better draft choice. So I'm kind of conflicted with that right now.
0: Crazy, man. Look, uh, Jaden Daniels is going to win the Heisman Trophy Saturday, right? I mean, he's a huge betting favorite. I think Bo Nix losing in the Pac-12 championship game kind of iced it. It looks like J.D. 5 is going to bring home the big trophy, my friend.
7: Yeah, you know, today he got the Associated Press's Player of the Year, and usually the guy who gets that gets it all. So I would imagine he will. If he does not, I would love to hear some of the explanations that go along with it. So when we were sitting there, sort of looking at that defense for LSU, sometimes scratching our head, I guess this is God's way of paying us off with a little excitement here at the end of the year to have a, you know, a Heisman Trophy winner. You know, my entire life growing up, obviously I wasn't around when Billy Cannon won it, and I used to hear the stories, but I don't know if I ever thought that an LSU player could win the Heisman Trophy, and to have it here two times in the last four years is very, very impressive, and I think it does set a precedent. I can remember 10 years ago thinking, man, if you go to Alabama, you probably got a pretty good chance of winning the Heisman, and I'm sure kids think that. Kids coming out of the portal, kids coming out of high school. So it can only help you in recruiting. I think it's a really, really good thing. Uh, You know, the only thing I keep on telling everybody is, uh, and it's not a big thing, I kind of wish some of those guys in Louisiana that were winning the Heisman were from Louisiana. I mean, Devontae Smith won it a couple of years ago, but we're not crazy about where he played his college football at. So that would be the only difference if Joe Burrow and Jaden Daniels were from Louisiana. But uh, nonetheless, uh, obviously they both seem to have a love for LSU, and it it certainly reflects well on the state.
0: Yeah, no doubt, my friend. Look, we thank you so much for the time. We look forward to chatting with you on Saturday. Brian and I are going to the Dome tomorrow. And uh, best of luck to all of our teams, St. James and all the teams around the state in the championships, man. I'm sure you'll be watching and paying attention to those games as well.
7: I, I will. I have a prior. Uh, I have a wedding engagement that I will be going to. Not that I'm getting married because that happened way, <laughs> way too long ago. <laughs> but that being said, uh, I'm going to keep up with things, obviously, and uh, I know it'll be a lot of fun and it'll be a lot of really, really good football for sure.
0: No doubt. Thanks so much for the time, buddy.
7: All right, we'll talk to y'all later.
0: Yep, that is Stan Groavod doing an excellent job as always. Um, mentioned his. Finally, coming to his senses and saying he hopes the Saints lose the rest of their games, which is the logical thing to do, as as I see my partner getting red in the face at my uh, mentioning I that. may
1: have a different opinion Sunday about 3 o'clock.
0: <laughs> so you're going to officially be aboard the tank train if they Maybe. lose to
1: Carolina? Maybe.
0: Dude, they're going to... But
1: the thing is, they're not trying to tank, and they are.
0: Well, just keep playing Derek Carr. Man. That's a good way to, to artificially tank. Yeah. I was shocked to hear that he's like, he's trying to play two concussions in four weeks, shoulder injury, rib injuries. Like he's trying to, and you know what this says, this says to me that the team rightfully so, by the way, knows that Jameis Winston is terrible because if Carr were at risk of injuring himself further and there were a, was a serviceable plan B, they would be using that plan B. The fact that they're even allowing him to attempt to go means that they don't think they could beat Carolina with Jameis Winston, and based on some of the throws that he made Sunday, that's probably a good yeah. decision. That's that's unbelievable, man. Like, What happens if he gets a concussion on Sunday? Three and five weeks?
1: Well, he's going to pay for it. If not now, he'll pay for it in 10, 15 years from now.
0: That's dude. That's some dangerous stuff, man. You start dealing with the brain. That that's some scary, scary stuff. And, and hopefully, you know, it, it doesn't come to that. But whew, if they lose to Carolina on Sunday, how bad are things gonna get?
1: Probably the same. I don't trust anyone in an organization to make a change. To you know, I, I, I don't know if they see it.
0: You know, the one thing that's really starting to aggravate me. Um about this, for years, years, Saints fans have told me, "Oh man, you Cowboys, that Jerry Jones needs to learn when to shut up. He's on the sidelines, he's overruling the coaches, he's talking to the media. He needs to learn when to shut up." Mickey Loomis seemingly speaks to the media now every day. Last week it was all we got—the right people in the building. This week he's telling fans not to sell their tickets on StubHub, and he like. I don't like when general managers are having to clarify and reiterate things and say things that should be understood. It tells me he's feeling the pressure. But you know what I would like more than a speech every week is the actions to actually show that you guys are willing to make the changes. If I were a New Orleans Saints season ticket holder, you know what I would do? I would put my damn seats on StubHub. And if a guy from Charlotte, North Carolina buys them this week and they're a Panthers fan, so be it. Because guess what? I wouldn't want to spend three hours in the Dome watching that crap that we've been having to watch over the last several weeks. Your last two home games, you beat the Bears 24-17 to in a game that you got five turnovers and barely won, and you lost to the Lions in a game that you weren't even ready to show up and play in. If I were a Saints fan, I would be doing the same thing that these other Saints fans are doing and selling my tickets. I don't want to watch that.
1: Yeah, they don't want Winston to play – Yeah. Uh, with the chance of him leading the team and getting a victory, then it's going to be even more booing with Carr,
0: who you have to bring back next year. By the way, have to bring him back because fifty million dollar cap hit. You're not gonna, you're not gonna not have him there. I, it, they're stuck.
1: They're stuck. I just don't get it. Where you're gonna, you you stuck playing? If you have someone better, you stuck playing Carr.
0: I think they are. I mean, yeah, I mean, they can have them backing up. I mean, you're going to pay somebody $150 million to to be the backup? Can't trade them. Nobody would want them. If you cut Mm -hmm. them, you got to eat all that money. Hmm. It's a weird, weird situation. Look, the Pelicans are playing in the play-in tournament semifinals tonight out in Vegas. They'll be taking on the Lakers. These games don't count in the standings, but if you win, you get $500,000, which thought Jose Alvarado gave a very good quote yesterday. They asked him what he would do with the money. He said, I wouldn't touch it. I would give it to my banker, tell him to put it in an account for my daughters. I want my daughters to have that nest egg. It's going to be tough playing the Lakers because guess what? I wear a shirt in here sometimes that says eight on five. It's going to be eight on five tonight. Um, the NBA is going to want the Lakers to be in the finals. They're going to want them to face the Bucks. It's a big premier matchup. Hopefully the Pelicans could get it done, but it's going to be an uphill climb against Los Angeles tonight in Vegas.
1: You believe that? Conspiracy?
0: Oh my God, do I ever? Yes, in the NBA, do I ever? Yes, absolutely. If if Scott Foster's officiating this oh, game, yeah. you're you're in some big trouble if you if you're New Orleans. Um, the other game will be the Pacers and the Bucks, which is at four o'clock on ESPN. Um, I was not a fan of the play-in tournament when it was announced, but the kids are the kids. The players seem to like it. They seem to enjoy it. They seem to. Um, Want to go hard, and at the end of the day, if you got enough NBA players that are actually competing and are trying to play, then you, know, you can't beat that. It's good for the fans.
1: I didn't know that the, uh, the games don't count in the rankings.
0: No, don't count in the
1: season. I, didn't, I did not know that.
0: It, it, it would be such a Pelicans thing to do to win a tournament that doesn't mean anything and then get back into the season and start
1: losing games, wouldn't it?
0: That'd be such a Pelicans that thing to do. That would
1: not be surprising.
0: One last comment, and then we'll catch a commercial break in the next segment. I want to talk about a couple of things happening in the world of sports. John Rahm, one of the best golfers in the world, has joined Live Golf. He has defected from the PGA Tour, and he has joined the Saudi Arabian Finance Live Golf League for $600 million. Dude. So, John Rahm, one of the PGA Tour's best. Securing the bag. Brian, we could talk bad about the politics in Saudi Arabia. We could talk about how having live golf is not good for the sport. I disagree with that, by the way. I think it's really good for the sport. But if someone's going to offer me $600 million, I'm going to pretty much do whatever they want me to do outside of a handful of things. You can't fault these guys. Dude, $600 million. And that's on top of the money that he's going to earn winning tournaments with Liv. The dude's going to be a billionaire because of this. How could you not? like, Like all these people that stick their nose in the air and act all high and mighty. Oh, man, that's dirty money. You would take the money the same if it were offered to you, you are not upset that he's taking the money. You are upset that you don't have yes, the opportunity <laughs> to take yes. the money. Yes. So John Rahm gets a $600 million deal from Live Golf. Unbelievable the amount of money that they have on that tour. Ooh, that's crazy. No doubt. Let's catch a break when we get back. Talk a little bit about some uh, NFL. My Cowboys are playing the Eagles this weekend. We got the Patriots and the Steelers tonight on Thursday Night Football. We'll talk about... My Los Angeles Clippers, they beat the Nuggets last night. We'll talk about them, how they're starting to turn some things around. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this.
2: Terrio, Douay, and Terrio, more than just an insurance company, they're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin cruisers, sailboats, or marine industry, you can trust Terrio, Douay, Ontario to get you the coverage you need at a price you deserve for your home, your auto, life, fire, and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Terrio, Douay, Ontario at 475-5126. Just ask for Lynn Pierce or David O. Along Bayou Lafourche in Golden Meadow. Happy Holidays from Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Join us for the Wrap Up the Year sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It is the December to remember, so get a great deal on your dream car, SUV, or truck. Today at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa, it's beginning to look a lot like savings.
7: The deputies of the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office remind you to designate a driver if you plan to drink this holiday season. By driving impaired, you endanger others as well as yourself. Designate a driver anytime you plan to drink. Have a safe and happy
2: holiday season.
7: From the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office.
0: One more segment to go. We thank Andrew Kiowit for the time. We thank Brody Williams for the time. And we thank Stan Gravoff for the time. Three good calling guests today here on Play by Play. In this segment, we will talk just about a handful of things going on in the world of sports. The first thing that I got is there are reports out of Michigan. Um, this, is, this is so funny to me. Reports out of Michigan that Jim Harbaugh is nearing an extension, a five-year extension with Michigan that would pay him upwards of $11 million. So, here's my thing, dude. We talk a lot here about how the transfer portal and the NIL makes us nervous, and it makes college athletics a little less appealing than what they otherwise would have been. But the reason why I will say that, but then not say that it should be done away with, because I'm not willing to go that far, is the case of Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh was on the hot seat at Michigan a couple years ago. He was losing three, four games a year, could never beat Ohio State, and he did something that was really rare. In the offseason, about three, four, five seasons ago, Michigan Athletic Administration told him, Jim, you're making too much money for the results we're getting. you got to take a pay cut, or we're dismissing you. He said, okay, sounds good. I'll take the pay cut. I'll stay. I'll earn my keep. So, when he was running a clean operation and was going nine and three, it wasn't good enough. Since that time, he has turned it around. They went 11, 11 or 12 games every year. They're going to the college football playoff for the second straight year. But it's dirtier than sewage. He's got caught recruiting violations. He got caught stealing signals, has been suspended for six of their 12 games this year, six of their 13 games this year and he's going to get $11 million a year because he's winning because they don't care that it's dirty. They just care that they're winning. That's the reason why when we talk about NIL and Transfer Portal, and I always say, hey, I don't really like it, but the players deserve that because if everybody else is getting rich off of this stuff, why shouldn't they? Harbaugh getting that much money based on the season that he just had where he was only even able to coach half of the time because of the sleazy stuff that's going on under his watch, but, oh, we're winning. We're in the playoff. That's all that matters. What signal does that send from the Michigan Athletic Department that we're willing to put up with slime as long as slime is getting us into the top four?
1: Yeah, how can you give him an extension? He was six games suspended?
0: Six out of their 13 games not able to coach because he was suspended for multiple different violations, by the way.
1: Yeah, breaking rules, to violations, so you reward him with an extension While he's still under investigation, correct? Correct. Wow, man. What is Michigan doing?
0: Now, apparently the the terms are agreed to in terms of compensation and the length. What's holding it up now is Michigan is trying to get him to agree to a clause saying he's not going to go to the NFL. And he hasn't quite signed it yet. So, we'll see. But, I mean, if they're trying to tell you, hey, we'll pay you for the next five years, $11 million a year. All you got to do is not go to the Chicago Bears or the Houston Texans or whatever, and he's not willing to do that. That tells you what his plans are. He's obviously keeping his options open. We'll see if he actually does sign it and if they get that done.
1: Well, what if he stays? Then the investigation, he's found guilty. They have to have a clause where they don't pay
0: him. Well, that's what LSU did with Will Wade. They they put a – okay, he got suspended. They brought him back under a new contract which said, hey – if at any point in time you get charged with any sort of NCAA violation or whatever, we, we could fire you with cause. More information came out. LSU fired them with cause. So I would think Michigan would do the same thing to Harbaugh, but the fact that they're, there's fire everywhere in the building and they're giving them $11 million, maybe not.
1: Man, you suspend spent six games and you get an extension.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. You want me to tell you a secret? Yes. My Clippers are really good. Ain't nobody laughing and joking and poking fun anymore. Um, In the last two games, they have beat the Golden State Warriors. Last night, they beat the Denver Nuggets, 111-102. The Clippers have allowed James Harden to be their point guard. Last night, he had 20 points on 10 shots, 6 of 10 shooting, 11 assists, 3 steals. Look out. Look out. They're starting to figure out how to play together. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. They got Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. Look out. All the laughing and cutting. Oh, Harden got there. They lost five games in a row. I don't hear people making these jokes anymore because this is a basketball team that has gotten better, is playing well, and by May and June, ain't going to want to see them anymore. Well,
1: now I'm going to reserve my laughter until May or June one day fizzle out.
0: Look forward to it. If we stay healthy, that's one of the best teams in the in the entire NBA. Um, Steelers and Patriots tonight in what should just be a wretched Thursday Night football game. The Patriots are two and 10. Don't know who the hell they're starting. Sometimes it's Mac Jones, sometimes it's Zappy. Um, the Steelers are having quarterback issues as well. Pickett has been in and out with some injuries. Vegas thinks the Steelers are favored by five and a half. The over-under is 30, which tells you that they don't think either team's going to score. A brutal, brutal Thursday night game tonight. I could say with definition and with pride, I don't plan to watch a second of this tonight.
1: Same here.
0: The Patriots' last three games, they lost six to nothing, 10 to seven, and 10 to six. That's not exactly an exciting brand of football. Let me put you on the spot, facing the Steeler defense. Will they score at all tonight? Are they going to get anything on the board tonight?
1: Yeah, they'll score.
0: On a pick six.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Safety. They'll score.
0: Is this the end of the road for Belichick? He's two and ten. He doesn't look like he's having fun right now. Don't know that he would want to go out on such a terrible season. There's whispers that New England may force him out, and he may go somewhere else. You think he's got anything left,
1: man? I honestly, I hope. I hope it's not. And if it is, I hope it's on his terms. That I think he, he earned that. I mean, but I understand it's a business. Oh,
0: they're horrible too, man. Oh my goodness, they're horrible.
1: He may just decide to walk away from it all. And I know you don't want to go out that way, but oh, can you see him coming back and anything anything changing for next year?
0: I could see him going to another team. Um New Orleans. <sighs> I don't know that he wants to leave Mac Jones and go to Derek Carr. There are some whispers, maybe Tennessee Vrabel may go to New England. Played there, maybe Belichick goes to Tennessee. I don't know, but um, it's not often that a Bill Belichick team is two and ten. And here's the thing about their two and ten: I don't know that they got like a, like some of these teams that are bad in the NFL. They have a bright future. I think the Jets, who are four and eight, they have a bright future. If Rogers comes back, you got a great defense. The Bears are going to have two top ten picks. They're four and eight. They've got a bright future. I don't see it in New England. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have weapons. Your defense is getting – like, it's just a mess always around. It's going to take several years to get that back right. I don't know that Belichick's going to be willing to wait. I mean, he's in his 70s now. How long is he going to be willing to rebuild?
1: Yeah, so he – he. I don't He may just decide it's enough, but it would be tough to go out that way.
0: The big NFL game on Sunday is the Cowboys hosting the Eagles. The winner of that game will be in first place in the NFC. The Cowboys are a three and a half point favorite, but the news yesterday was that Mike McCarthy has not been at practice all week because he's got a appendicitis, he's got his appendix appendix taken out. He is he's scared. <laughs> he's planning to be back on Sunday to call plays. Talk about this, man! The importance of having a good staff because McCarthy's not going to be at practice this week. It's the biggest game of the year, but you got guys like Dan Quinn and Fossil and these other guys that'll get the team ready. That's why having a staff matters, bro, and that's why if this happened to Dennis Allen tomorrow, it would be chaos, whereas with Dallas, I don't think it's going to be because they've got a guy on staff, the defensive coordinator, who led a team to the Super Bowl. Like they got a lot of bright minds. I think they'll be A-OK, but other teams around the league, I don't know that they would be given the same situation.
1: Yeah, definitely staff matters. At every level, you want to get the best people, and that's what the, the great coaches do. They surround themselves with good coaches. It makes them look better. And look, go back to the years in Culver with some uh, some teams, they would practice with their head coach not being there. I don't think the Cowboys even have to practice. They're they they they're not going to skip a beat.
0: Uh, I hope you're right. Hopefully they could beat Philadelphia. All right, I'm going to get you some semifinal picks. Pacers and the Bucks out in Las Vegas. Are you going Giannis or are you going Indiana? By the way, an interesting note about this game. I don't know if you watched the Pacers play yet this year. They are old-school Loyola Marymount, up and down, up and down, up and down. They want to play a zillion possessions. The over-under for this game is 257.5. So they think this will be played in the 130s today. Can the Pacers get the upset, or will Giannis and the crew get the win in Game 1? No, Giannis. Going Giannis? Okay. Uh, Game 2, the other semifinal. You got the New Orleans Pelicans taking on the Los Angeles Lakers in Vegas. The Pelicans are a a 1.5-point underdog. They have everybody available. For the Lakers, they pretty much have everybody available. Can Zion and Brandon Ingram take down LeBron and AD today in Las Vegas?
1: Yes. Pelicans.
0: I'm going to go Bucks. I'm going to go Lakers. I don't think the Pelicans are going to win today. And I think that if it's close late, LeBron's going to be shooting a lot of free throws, Bubba.
1: Take his kneecaps out.
0: (laughs) It works in Detroit. Did you see what uh, M.A. Udoka told LeBron this weekend? It's not something I could say on the air. I'll tell you when we get off the No, I did not. Well, you'll you'll become a a Houston Rockets fan after I fill you in on that. Um, LSU women are going to be playing in a couple of days. The college basketball scene is kind of quiet. Nichols isn't playing until Saturday. Men and women both. And we got the NBA playing tournament. The bowl games don't start up for the next couple of days, but we do have Army-Navy on Saturday. Do you usually watch Army-Navy? Is that a game that excites you? I know I usually watch it. Both teams are five and six. The winner will finish 500 on the year.
1: Past several years, we were uh, in the Dome for the state championship, so I haven't watched a whole lot of We had it on, but I didn't pay attention to it.
0: Are you planning to get some pictures with some mascots tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> we have done that before. Best of luck to Cecilia.
0: Best of luck to Opelousas. Best of luck to St. James. Best of luck to everybody who's going to be playing in the Dome. No show tomorrow. Have a wonderful, long, extended weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed today's uh, show. We'll be back on Saturday with the Sports Corner, then Monday on Play by Play. For Brian Colley, this is Casey Gisclair signing off. I'm going to be at HL Bourgeois tonight. Come by and say hello. God bless. Love you guys. Take care. You're
2: listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.